the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's exactly what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series called The Doorway, and that doorway is called Prayer. We're called to pray without ceasing and spend time alone with God. Today's message is called Unleashing the Power of Prayer. This is Real Life Radio. We are going to continue this conversation we've been in called The Doorway, Experiencing the Supernatural Through Prayer. I just want to say again, this gift of prayer, and it is, it is a gift. Access to the Almighty. The ability to talk to the creator of all things, where he invites us. He says, come. He says, come and call me father. That gift, we take it so, I think, casually sometimes. And we're missing it. In my study break in June, the Lord really challenged me with this idea. You are leaving money on the table spiritually, Azaro. Oh, I know you're praying for things, and I know your congregation. I know you guys are praying. But there are so many other things I want to do. Don't stop short. Don't miss what I have through this amazing gift of prayer. Which, understand, prayer is simply the vehicle of our relationship with God, right? It's the communication with God. That's what prayer is. So don't overhype it. Don't try to too, you know, mystify it. It is fundamentally our communication with God, which is, by the way, what we were saved for, the, the right and the ability to have access and relationship with Father. It's what our whole salvation was about. And it's carried out, by us through this gift called prayer. Now we saw the more I depend on what's in my hand, the less I'll receive of what's in his. The more I am addicted to my own resources, my own solutions, my own strength, the less I am open to receive what God wants to give, what he wants to do. And that's an important step. That's a, that's a really important first step to understand. Okay, when I begin saying, I want what you have, God, I'm going to have to not be so dependent on solely what I have. We saw that God wants to do the supernatural, things that are miraculous, things that we can't do, and that the doorway to the supernatural is this thing called prayer. It is the doorway. We learned this simple principle, and it was something that really started challenging me as a leader. Prayerlessness leads to powerlessness, which leads to unbelief. Prayerlessness leads to powerlessness, which leads to unbelief. And as a leader, I'm always dealing with the fact that there are just people out there, and we all as believers deal with the fact that they, they just don't believe. We can say, well, God is like this. They go, we don't believe in your God. Yeah, well, the Bible is truth, and it says this. I don't believe in your Bible. They just don't believe. And I wish I could say it's just outside. We, we recognize it's in this room. It's in the fellowship. This idea of unbelief where we just go, well, I technically believe, I guess, theologically I believe, but when it's functional and practical in my life, I don't know that I can depend on it. I don't know that I believe. Prayerlessness leads to powerlessness, which leads to unbelief. The question we ask is, when you honestly look at it, why should they believe? If they never see the power of God, the power of God is never, if we never see the power of God moving in our lives, in our 
community. Why should they believe? Prayerlessness leads to powerlessness, which leads to unbelief. And so this gift of prayer has some very strategic and important function, even in dealing with an unbelieving world. We saw last week that some gifts can only be found alone with God in prayer. We talked about that quiet time, that alone time. We talked about rest. We talked about direction, life direction. We talked about his character formed in me and his heart. Now today I want to look at a challenging passage that we looked at two weeks ago, and I told you we would come back and take a look at it. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. We're going to begin at verse 22. We looked at this passage, and remember, it was one of these things that I think we just breeze over and we kind of blow off because it's so huge and so big that we're not even sure what to do with it. Beginning at verse 22 of Mark 11, Jesus is speaking. He says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. That's so huge. And it's like we're almost afraid to believe that. We have to decide, do we think Jesus is careless with his words? Do we think he's just kind of blowing smoke here? Or does he really want us to understand this? And it starts out with this illustration that he uses. Say to this mountain, go into the sea, and it'll go. And it's like, oh, okay. I'm not sure what to do with that. I, seriously? And what Jesus is trying to tell us is not, he uses an intentionally impossible illustration to show us the power of true belief. That's the key to this whole idea. And we, of course, see the potential for abuse. You know, we see, okay, you unleash that on like some of my friends, and I don't know, man, you know, all of a sudden, say to that Ferrari, be in my garage, you know, and it'll, look at that, it's in my garage. Say to that person's bank balance, be in my bank account, you know. And, And by the way, I would say we're not the only ones concerned about that. James, in his epistle, expresses kind of a similar concern of this abuse of God's open and generous invitation to ask. James says in James 4, beginning at verse 1, he says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God, period. And then he goes on with another thought. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So James is also acknowledging this open invitation to ask has potential to become victim or fall victim, fall prey to selfishness. But the point is we're still told to ask. He still says you have not because you ask not. This open, generous, repeated invitation For us to ask. Jesus in Matthew 7, remember what he said? Matthew 7, beginning verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened to. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He wants us to understand 
God is our Father, and He invites us to come to Father and to ask. And some of us, that's kind of part of the problem. Well, I don't want to think of anybody as over me, and I, it's kind of humbling to ask. I don't want to be in the position of the one asking. I want to be the patron. I want to be the one providing. And it's humbling to ask. Well, that's a problem. Scripture says God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So, yes, but he is giving us this blanket invitation. Just ask, just ask, just ask. Now, I told you that this week I would share with you a scripture that would, I believe, and I've entitled the message, Unleashing the Power of Prayer. That would unleash the power of prayer. A passage that's so transformative. And I think it is a beautiful commentary on what Mark was saying in, in Mark 11 when he says, if you believe, it'll be done. The scripture is always the best commentary on itself, isn't it? You know, if you wondered, wow, that seems so huge, read the scripture. It'll teach you. It's the best commentary on itself. I think this passage from John's epistle is a beautiful commentary on understanding Mark's promise, Jesus' promise in Mark's book in Mark 11. So listen to what John writes. 1 John chapter 5. I want you to turn there. I want you to see this in your own copy of the scriptures, whether it's electronic or paper. Go to Mark, 1 John 5. 1 John 5, and I'm going to read 13 to 15. Because I want, I want you to be able to go back to this. I want you to wait a minute. Did it really say that? Yes, it really says that. I want you to see it, and I want you to process it. First John 5, I'm going to pick up at verse 13. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. There's that word belief again. And then he goes on and says this, verse 14. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Again, a huge, bold promise that I think some of us are even afraid to dare hope for. He uses the word confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. It's from the Greek, parasia, and it means boldness, to boldly speak. In fact, it's often used in conjunction with speaking to speak freely and boldly before God. This is the confidence. I want to challenge you that this is the connection to Mark 11. If you believe, if he believes, this is the confidence, the belief. We need to learn to pray with confidence. You know, we, I think, sometimes, we get all wrapped up and we pray very kind of weenie, timid prayers. You know, there's bold, confident prayer, and then there's the, well, all we can do is pray. It's like we're leaving it to fate. Like, oh, we've, we've done everything we can. We've used our resources, all the best minds. And now all we can do is pray. All we can do is leave it to fate. All we can do is pray to the Almighty, the great I am, the everlasting, the beginning and the end, the God of all things. I hate that phrase, all we can do is pray. It really, it's, it, and we pray these weak, timid prayers. I think we're kind of hedging our bets a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's like we don't actually believe. We don't have any confidence in prayer or the God we pray to. And so we kind of protect ourselves because we don't want to be embarrassed. So we pray these gentle prayers. God, do something cool for my friends. So if anything cool happens, we can say, look what God did. God, do something good-ish in this situation. And we're afraid to just say, God, here's what we need, and we're asking you, Father. The secret is that little phrase, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask 
anything according to his will. He hears us. That little phrase, according to his will. And if you have something that you can write with there, I think the scripture's printed out in your notes or you can do it in your Bible. I'd like to see you kind of circle that word anything and then underline that phrase according to his will because those are big packed words. Anything. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have what we've asked of him. Some would say, well, according to his will. Okay, I get it. Well, then why do we need to ask? If it's according to his will, isn't it just going to happen anyway? So I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to engage with that. I want to challenge you with that. The scripture says uh, in Second Peter, God's will is that none should perish, but that all would come to eternal life. And yet Jesus says, narrow is the gate that leads to life and few find it. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many go there. So what I want to say to you, and this is that whole thing, and this is too big. Greater minds than mine have processed this for centuries. The sovereignty of God versus the free will of man. Okay? That is a huge thing. And all I know based on my study of the scripture, is that in his sovereignty, God gave man a free will, and it matters. It matters. And I want to suggest that when we say, when we pray according to his will, what we're doing here is we are now bringing our will into alignment with his, and that is a very powerful thing. It is essentially one of the key PowerPoints of prayer, bringing our will into alignment with his will. And something happens very powerful when we do that. And that's one of the beautiful things that happens in prayer. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is something that I want us to remember. I want you to process with me. Unleashing the power of prayer begins with learning to pray God's will. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in the series called The Doorway. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch Pastor Sean in action, It's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Welcome back as we return to this message called Unleashing the Power of Prayer. This is Real Life Radio. Unleashing the Power of Prayer begins with learning to pray God's will. Now, some would say, well, I'm not really um, interested in God's will whole thing about my prayers, I want God to do what I want. I'm not really interested in God's will. Let me just say, if that's you, um, you're not praying, you're rubbing a lamp. Okay? 
I could have called this message Jesus or the genie. You're not looking for Jesus because Jesus is the master. Jesus is the one who said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus is the one who said, follow me. You're not looking for Jesus. You're looking for the genie. Because we're looking to rub a lamp and get three wishes. You know, I don't know. Some of you guys remember the old TV show, uh, I Dream of Genie. Some of you are old enough to remember that. Others of you, younger folks, you have like TV land. You might catch a rerun there or something. And when I say younger folks, I'm talking about those in their 30s. Um. <laughs> but yeah, we're looking, for, we're looking for a genie to come out of the bottle and give us wishes. We're not looking for Jesus to give leadership in our life and to bring us abundant life, real life, by following him. We're looking for something else. And I just want to say to you, if you're not interested in God's will, you're not praying. You are rubbing a lamp. And there's lots of people who do that. I'm not saying they're horrible people. I'm just saying they have no clue what prayer is about. Prayer is a powerful tool whereby we come into the presence of the Almighty and we become aligned with His will and purposes. And in that, there is an incredible sense of His power that is released. God is not a genie to be summoned. He is a Father who wants to bless and respond to His children. And you need to understand that. You need to understand that He wants to bless you. Because I think it's, we like go with these kind of back and forth. So many people think, if I start engaging in God's will, he is totally going to send me to the worst place in the world. He's going to send me to the farthest outreaches of Africa. Or worse yet, L.A., I don't know. (laughs) Just kidding, if you're from L.A. No, I'm serious. Growing up, I kind of had that fear, you know. And it doesn't matter. I don't know what what yours is. If you hate cold weather, God's going to send me to cold climates to tell people about Jesus. If you hate the tropical and big bugs, oh, God's going to send me to a place with the hugest bugs. Where did you get this messed up idea about our Father? I mean, really, I call it the jerk theology. It's like we think God is some kind of jerk or something. And we do not understand He is a Father who loves us, wants to empower us, wants to bless us. Yes, he wants to bring our flesh into submission, our flesh into subjection to the Spirit, because in that we are released into life. But it is for our good and for our blessing. Anything we do worth doing is going to have parts about it that we don't like. Understood. But we got to understand this thing about God's will, it is a gift, it is a good thing. And so when we pray according to his will, we are praying our own growth blessing and spiritual empowerment unleashing the power of prayer begins with learning to pray god's will so first thing who are we talking to jesus or the genie okay a few ways to pray god's will real quickly this morning number one we need to learn to seek his will we need to learn to seek his will to find out what the will of god is and people are like well good we've been wanting to know how to do that forever well I just want to say, very simply, begins by the word of God. And you need to know something. As we seek his will, this is a lifelong pursuit, but you need to understand the Bible is packed with amazing things that we can pray for, that are God's will for us, that we can be confident in. We can confidently pray, like John said. This is the confidence we have if we ask anything according to his will. We can pray confidently. Let me give you just a few examples. I want to real quickly give you five examples of things you can confidently pray knowing they are God's will 
anytime knowing God will hear and that he will answer. The first that I want to give you is wisdom. We can pray for wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Do you understand how powerful that is? You want wisdom about that thing at work? You can't make a decision on that, how you should proceed? Ask God for wisdom. He wants to give you wisdom. You want wisdom on that thing with your kids? It's like, man, I need, I need wisdom on this issue. Ask God the scripture he asked you to ask, and he says he will give it. Wisdom on retirement issues, financial issues, wisdom on whatever it is. Ask for wisdom. He will give it to you. That is a powerful promise. Don't leave spiritual, quote, money on the table. Get what God wants to give you. Ask for it. Secondly, the second thing I think we can pray for is healing. Healing, James 5, 14 and 15. He says, is there any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. You can confidently pray for healing, knowing the Lord wants you to pray for that and he will hear you. And I think we are so afraid because, well, what if it doesn't turn out the way I want? Let me just be real clear. Let me address that. Um, God doesn't always heal in the way we'd like. He doesn't. That is just a fact. Another really important point. I've said it to you a lot, but I want to say it again in this context. Prayer for healing is not some kind of way for us to avoid death. Okay? It doesn't work. The thing that every person who was healed in the scripture, every single one, they all have one thing in common. Okay? They all died. Okay? As far as I know, like I've told you before, I'm pretty sure the death rate's still hovering right about 100%. I mean, stop and think about that. That's one of those things. We, we, there are people walking around saying, I prayed that they would be healed, but they died. Well, I'm sorry, we're all going to die. If you think death is something to be avoided, you really are going to be ultimately disappointed. Scripture says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his chosen ones. Death is an entryway into the rest of eternal life. That's what the Scripture says. It's not an ending according to Scripture. It is a new beginning. And so we've got to get this straightened around in our minds. But he still tells us to pray for healing because God wants to heal. And he does heal. But he doesn't always do it the way we want, doesn't always do it in the timing that we want. We just have to understand that. And if it's someone's time to go, we can pray till we're blue in the face and we're trying to pray against the, the very nature of what God created. This is an important understanding. The Apostle Paul had some, he, he doesn't tell us what it is, he calls it a thorn in the flesh, something in his body that... He wrestled with, and he said, I prayed three times. And God's response was, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. That may be God's answer sometimes. Sometimes he heals instantly. And he does something that blows people's minds. A, my, a friend of mine from California was in town, was in service with us last week. Had terminal cancer. People prayed for him. He prayed. It was really bad. The doctors gave him some options, and they were all one more horrible than the other. 
And he was out in his backyard, laid him out before the Lord, just praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he heard the Lord almost in an audible voice say, I don't want you to do anything. And so, and I'm not telling you, you should do this. I'm not saying this is God's will for your life. I'm saying this is what my friend determined God had said to him. And so he told the doctor, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do any of them. Doctor said, you're crazy, whatever. Doctor says, will you come back in for tests? My friend prays about us. Lord says, yeah, go in for tests. Went back in for tests. Cancer gone. Cancer gone. Yeah. And the, and the doctors, a whole team of doctors are befuddled. They're looking at the x-ray. They're looking at all That's the part, my favorite part of the story. I love hearing about doctors befuddled or experts of any kind, right? And, you know, that's what God did for him. I have other friends who it hasn't happened that way my own mother passed away from cancer god totally kind of dealt with it she lived 15 20 more years and then it came back and she passed away from it but god answered so many prayers and did so many things notice what the scripture says uh, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well the lord will raise them up and as I look back in the prayers that we prayed for my mother, did that happen? Yes. So I just want to say to you, don't be shy about asking. We're told to ask. Pray for healing. I think, I think that's one of those ones that our fear that it won't go exactly the way we want, and please don't ever try to manipulate the creator of all things into doing things exactly the way you want. That wouldn't be very godlike, would it? He doesn't guarantee the outcome will be what we dictate. It'll look like this. What he says, I will make them well. I believe that he will. I want to ask us to be people who pray because I think there are a lot of healings that God wants to do that, don't, that we don't align ourselves with because we refuse to pray. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called The Doorway. And if you'd like to hear this full, unedited message all over again and this series, it's available right now as a free download. You can even see the video podcast at the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to come visit River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times again at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.